Good morning and welcome to our time of daily word and prayer. My name is Tom Short. So glad to have you along today. This is Sunday morning, May 16th, 2021 keeps moving along day by day. And so we're glad to have you along and we're glad that you join us each day for the word and prayer because we believe that God's word does transform us and focusing each day, spending some time each day on our own, but also as a group and with others, learning together builds us up in the Lord. We like to spend Sundays praying for our churches because our churches are so important. We do pray for revival in America. We pray for a spiritual awakening. We're aware that there are certain cultural institutions that may that have a profound influence on the way people live and think. Those, of course, we've talked about many times, but those are the family, the church, or religion, more broadly, but in our case, the church, education, business, government, the mass media, the entertainment and the arts. We'd add in, uh, th those are the, the seven primary cultural mountains that we want to have an influence on in our life. I think I mentioned all seven. Let me say them again. The family, the church, business, education, government, the mass media, and then the arts and entertainment, the, uh, our music, our movies, our television, things of this nature. And we pray particularly for the church because we believe the family and the church are at the key uh, that we can have the greatest influence on. All are important. But we're reminded, as we saw, as we're going through the commands of Christ, as we saw the other day, that we want to have the purposes of God. And what purpose is does God have? Well, Jesus says in Matthew 16, I will build my church. It can't be much clearer in, t in terms of saying one of his purposes, building his church. The church is the people of God. He's not talking about a building program of, of building an edifice, a, a, a building. He's talking about building people. The church, the word ecclesia, means a called out group. We are the group. We're the team. Think of it in those terms. We think in such religious terms, but make it more practical. We are his team. We are his group. We are the ones Jesus chose. We are called to be his followers. We're called to be his people. We are in the world, but we are not of the world because we are a part of the church of God. And so this morning I've titled my brief message here, Rise up, O men of God. It comes from one of my favorite hymns. Rise up, O men of God. Have done with lesser things. Give heart and soul and mind and strength to serve the King of Kings. I'll just read all of it here since I have it on, up online. Rise up, O men of God, verse 2. Rise up, O men of God. His kingdom tarries long. Bring in the day of brotherhood and write the night and in the night of wrong, excuse me. And this is the verse that I wanted to get to today. Rise up, O men of God. The church for thee doth wait. Her strength unequal to her task. Rise up and make her great. Years ago, I was challenged uh, in a teaching uh, just way back when I was in high school that we should not be asking God for a task equal to our strength but we should ask God for strength equal to the task. This is what God wants us to do. He wants to expand us. He wants to grow us. God gives us great tasks to achieve in life. 
God gives us high goals to aim for. God, God wants to reach a world for Christ. God wants to see lives transformed. These are high, high achievements, high goals, high, high things to aim for. And we can say, I'm not adequate. I can't do it. It's beyond me. Well, yes. What God says has come to me. When Jesus told the disciples, 4,000 people there, he said, you know, you give them something to eat. They said, well, Lord, we got like two fish and a few loaves. Okay, bring them here to me. And they brought them to Jesus, and Jesus multiplied them. He didn't say, oh, I guess we're not able. Send them off to find their own food somewhere. He said, understand, disciples, I've, I've given you a task, a task you cannot complete without me. So bring your resources to me, and I'll multiply them. And that's the way we live our life, is it not? We must live our life. That's the exciting aspect of the Christian life. So many times, so many of us, we just think, what am I able to do? And we lose the supernatural. We lose any element of God is alive and work in our lives because we've, we've maybe failed in the past or we were disappointed in the past, so we stop asking for anything other than, other than what we can do in our own strength. And we'll pray about it, but really it's just what we do in our own strength. And God wants to remind us continually. He gives us tasks. He wants to grow our faith. He wants to develop our, our, uh, our faith so that we are believing him for things that stretch us, that require us, that force us to say, Father, what you've asked me to do, it's beyond my ability. It's beyond my resources. I take my couple of fish and my few loaves, I bring them to you, and I ask you to use them. I ask you to multiply them. I ask you to touch them. I ask you to breathe on them so that my little, the little I have to offer becomes great in the hand of our God. We pray for, rise up, O men of God, the church for thee does wait. Her strength and equal to her task, rise up and make her great. You know, I'm not a pastor now. I have been in the past. My, my ministry now is itinerant. I, I, um, I, you know, preach on campuses around the country. And I've been doing this uh, over the last, I, I was ordained a pastor in 1978. But, and, and I probably about half of that time, I served as a pastor in a local church. But, but most, of the, most of the, you know, the last 25 years or so, I've been primarily on the university campuses out preaching and teaching the Word of God. But I know it's a tough job to be a pastor. I remember, you know, I remember one day... <clears throat> My, my wife and I, back in the 2010, 11, 12, right around in there, when, when uh, uh, we had a little bit of money, and there were like tons of foreclosed houses in Columbus, and we, we uh, you know, over a few, few years on the side, we, we, bought a, we bought a foreclosed house at a really cheap price and rehabbed it and, and either rented it or sold it. And I remember one day in this little house that we were working at, and Roz and I were painting the walls. And I, I, I had such a sense of accomplishment by painting the wall on this house. And I just as I saw the changing the color on the wall, and it felt so good to actually be seeing this house look better as a result of my labor and work. It was so fulfilling. And I got to thinking how my work and the work of a pastor and the work of God, the work we do of building people, 
And it says in Colossians chapter 3 that Jesus is renovating us. And that's in the marginal reading in my Bible, that he's, he's not only remaking us, but the, word is, the, the Greek word is he's renovating us. And we were renovating a house. And I thought about how my goal, my life, my life's calling and the life calling of a pastor is to renovate people, to take broken down people, sin-scarred, sin destroyed people, and to renovate them. And to take, just like we were taking this dilapidated property that had lost its value, and we were adding value into its life and making it a livable home again. So likewise, this the work of Christ and the work that church leaders work with Christ is to renovate a person's life and take someone's life that lost its value by sin and been messed up by sin and to make it something beautiful, useful, wonderful, restoring its value. And to do that in the house was very satisfying. And I got to thinking that, you know, my work with people, in some ways it's never done because they can always dilapidate again. We never really know the, the fullness of our work as a pastor. The pastors will never really know the fullness of their work until they stand before Christ. That's the day that will reveal it. Some pastors, I believe, will think they're going to have great riches, and they'll find it was all fool's gold. It was all cubic zirconium diamonds. It wasn't real what they built. They didn't really develop faith in a person. They didn't really develop godliness in a person. And it will be fake. And they won't have much there. They might have led some big church with a lot of numbers. And as, as we say in our business, they might have had buildings, bucks, and bodies, but it wasn't real. And others, they'll have a true reward because they'll find out on that day that what they did truly renovated in the power of the Holy Spirit and, with the, and working as a co-worker of Christ, it renovated people's lives. So we pray for our pastors. What they do is a work of faith as all of us are making disciples, as all of us are working to build up people in the faith, it is a work of faith, and it's a work in which we never fully know the result, the, the, uh, whether our work was in vain or whether it really was solid, eternal building of souls for Christ, saving of souls and building. We never ultimately know until that day of judgment. So we pray for our pastors today to be men of faith. We pray for them. Rise up, O men of God. The church for thee doth wait. Her strength unequal to her task. Rise up and make her great. Father in heaven, we bless you today and we thank you for our churches. We thank you for our pastors. We thank you, Father, that you want the church to be a powerful influence in our culture, in our society, how we pray it would be. How we pray, Father, that people would be flocking to our churches. How we pray that people would be listening to our churches in, when it comes to how should I be thinking about certain things or processing information? How should I think about my life? How should I think about eternity? How should I think about what's right and wrong? How should I think about what's important, what's valuable? How should I think about current issues in education or government, politics, entertainment? How should I think about these things? Father, we pray that people would be flocking to churches to find guidance and help and direction on these things. We pray, Father, our churches would not be irrelevant. We pray our churches would be 
uh, uh, Lord, of all the things, of all the cultural institutions out there, that people would be seeing the, the, the importance of the church. Oh, Father, might our churches, might our pastors be hitting the nail on the head? Might they be, might they be their sermons, their messages each week? Might they be relevant? Might they relate to where we're at and the things we're thinking and the, the needs we have? And might they be equipping us? We pray for this. Might they be equipping us to truly live lives of victory, lives of joy, lives that bring glory and honor to our God, lives of faith and lives of love. Father, we look upon the land and we see so many churches, especially during this, these lockdowns and wearing masks and socially distanced and all these things. And Lord, it just seems like the church, so many churches are weak now. Attendance is down. Fellowship doesn't seem as intimate. The excitement in the church and the celebration doesn't seem quite like it once was. Oh, Father, renew your churches. Renew them. Raise, them, raise us up. Might we come through the, this period, this strange period in our American history, these government mandates and restrictions and orders and all this, might we come through this and Lord, I pray the churches will come out on the other side stronger. I pray they come out with a stronger voice, more authentic, more real, more powerful voice for you. I pray again, Lord, our churches would be seen as leaders. And Father, raise them up. We pray, raise them up. Give our pastors courage and wisdom and faith and love. We ask for this. Lord, the church, you have given us a great task. You ask us to reach the world with the gospel message. Lord, we just come to you today. We say we don't have the resources for that. We don't have the, the money. We don't have the manpower. We don't have the, the, the television networks or radio networks. We don't have the communication. We don't have there's so many things we don't have for this, Lord. But we bring to you our two loaves and our fish our two fish and our five loaves, whatever, we bring it to you, our limited resources, we bring them to you, and we say, Father, rise up and make your church great in the land. Make us shine brightly. Make us be the light of the world. We pray these things. We bless you with all of our heart. We pray for our pastors today. Help them to know their work is good. Help them to go about it with all their heart. Help them to be robust Help them, Lord, to be filled with joy as they greet us and teach us this morning in our churches throughout the land. Fill them with faith and courage. Might they have a contagious joy, a contagious faith, a contagious hope that we catch. And Lord, I pray those of us who go to church today, we pray we'd come out better people than when we went in, more equipped, more inspired, more motivated, more people of faith and love than when we went to church today. We pray, fill your churches with praise and joy today. In Jesus' name, we pray and bless you. Pray these prayers. Amen. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining me. Wasn't that wonderful to spend a few minutes reminded of God's plans, his purposes? I hope you got some motivation today, some encouragement, some inspiration. And let's pray for our churches. It's easy to criticize them. It's really easy to criticize them. Our church, our pastors, are, they're, they're, they're just like all of us. They're going through some tough questions and tough times, figuring out these things. And um, we don't always agree. I don't always agree. 
but we want to support them because they're doing the best they can. So let's pray for our pastors, our churches. Let's be relevant. Let's make this a great day. Bring in a great attitude. Have a smile. When you go to church today, have a smile on your face. And even if you're wearing that mask, maybe your eyes can be smiling and bright and people can see it. Bright eyes, glad in the heart. Let's go glad in the heart. Yesterday's proverb, a, 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 a cheerful heart is a continual feast. I pray that today you will have a cheerful heart and a continual feast, enjoying the Lord, and that your joy in the Lord will be contagious. Tell others about this. Help spread the word. Hit the like, notify, share, pass these on to others. Tell some people at church today about how you watch this each day. Encourage them to come join us, and, and let's grow our, 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 our team of people here our, our, who are in the word and prayer each day. God bless you. You have a wonderful day, and we'll see you tomorrow morning right here. Bye-bye.